Hi everyone, and welcome to the 176th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and today I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. Churro. Yes. It's almost time. Time for what? It's almost the 10th anniversary of Kingdom Hearts Union! Oh my god. Next episode. 10 years, man. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're working up to a big one. We're thinking about what to do. Just uh, shout out to anybody out there if you have any ideas. <laughs> something you want us to do for the 10th anniversary let me know karaoke I, I, i'm t- i'm op- open for ideas i'm open to karaoke actually uh i, I think i will just I say only just love doing you. karaoke i think only just, be, just be me pretty much i think <laughs> i think we need to uh divvy it up that'd be kind of interesting you know what if we took like all the uh the kingdom hearts songs the the theme songs and then uh randomly selected who has to sing which song? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <coughs> so uh so yeah, any 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 ideas you guys out there might have, let us know. Cheryl, uh, what have you been up to since the last podcast? Well, I mean, I just finished through Comic Con, you know, I had my had my birthday as well. And Oh, happy birthday, Cheryl. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm old. I'm older now. Yeah, and I'm getting ready. I'm actually getting ready for PAX West, my first ever PAX West. Ooh, cool! And yeah, I hear good things about it. Yeah, so I can't wait. Um, I've never been to Seattle. Always wanted to go. So I told myself if the timing's right, and I get tickets, and I'm gonna go. And the timing was right, and I got tickets, and I'm going. Sweet. What? What? Uh, when is uh, PAX gonna be? August twenty ninth. Or the thirtieth, actually, to September second, so like Labor Day weekend. Yeah, that should be good. Like the, I'm assuming the weather will be not so bad. I hope it's got to be uh, better than uh, hot California. Right. I hope. I just hope it rains because I love the rain. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it. We just got through uh, rainy season out here, and uh, we are now into just. Oh my god, it's just hot and I feel like I'm on fire when I walk outside. That's that's the uh, stage of summer we've reached. Oh yeah, it's just like so, Persona. Pretty bad. Exactly, exactly. Anytime you've ever seen anybody in a Persona game complain about the heat, I, I will come out and say it is real. And w- Okay, here's something they don't tell you in Persona. Uh, well, I- I'm not 100% sure with all the Personas, but I can tell you for dang sure... When it comes to Persona 4, those schools are not air-conditioned. What? What? Yeah. That's something they don't talk about in anime. Uh, did you know that uh, most... Well, actually, st- starting this year, but since just now, they've decided to uh, make a law that all schools must have air-conditioning. But up until this year, literally this year, they're getting installed. Uh, actually, my school still hasn't gotten theirs installed. I'm assuming after summer vacation, ironically, after summer, it, it'll be done. But yeah, uh, Japanese schools, no air conditioning. Now, that, that's not to say all schools. Uh, uh, basically, high schools, some high schools are air conditioned. That's why I said Persona 4, because I know they're kind of rural uh, Persona 5's school might have been an air-conditioned school because they seem like a pretty uh, fancy high school. Uh, 
Persona 3 might also be air conditioning. And in fact, I think you even see air conditioners on the roof. But high schools tend to be a little exempt because in Japan, high schools are not uh, compulsory education and they're not necessarily run by the the prefectural government. So they don't get that kind of funding so they can use their money for whatever they want. I don't know why it took that long to do it in the first place. Right. And it's and it's not just summer that's bad. It's also winter. Winter is horrible. It's very, very cold. So that's uh that's that's uh something that we deal with. But thankfully, hey, air conditioning's coming because it's a necessity. And uh yeah, I guess other than that, I'm very excited to say I am going to for my second time, I'm gonna go visit uh the Tokyo Disney Resorts, Disneyland, and Disney Sea, and this comes bundled with very good Kingdom Hearts related news, which is that when I go to Tokyo Disney Sea, I fully intend to enjoy the sea salt monaka, which is the sea salt ice cream, which is the ice cream that inspired Tetsuya Nomura to make sea salt ice cream a thing for Kingdom Hearts. So and- it is the legit stuff. And I, st- I actually had some religious stuff at the Kingdomars 3 premiere event. It's good, right? It's very good. Salty and sweet. And they mm-hmm. came in a popsicle. Yep. And Can't you could have many as you wanted to. Oh my god, that's so good. And you didn't have to pay yeah, for them? I'll- well, I can't say that because I'll be <laughs> at Disney, but... Uh, I will say, though, if anyone... If you ever get to go there... Uh, Look for the ice cream little uh, push carts. They they all carry the same stuff. It's usually like, at least the last time I went, it, it, they had three different styles of ice cream. And then uh, there are basically two that were like, kind of like popsicles that were in the shape of Mickey's head. And they came in a couple of different flavors. And then there was the sea salt monaka, which looks like a seashell. Like, if you think of the bikini top of Ariel, that shape, it's basically that kind of a seashell. And they basically themed the the ice cream sandwich thingy. They basically have themed it to be more related now to uh, Ariel and mermaids and stuff like that. But it's, it is still the same classic sea salt ice cream. You just have to work a little bit hard at it because it's... It's got like a strawberry jam filling. So if you want to taste just sea salt ice cream, you have to like bite around the bite around the strawberry jam. I mean, it tastes good, but if you want to just taste the ice cream, uh, you have to do a little work because the the flavor is subtle. But uh, yeah, really good. Uh, anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series that is called Final Fantasy Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. We have a two-segment show today. Our first segment is our news segment. What? Wait, what? There's news? Huh. Yes. I wasn't aware of this. Yeah, me neither. But apparently... Look, we work really hard on this podcast to come up with news. We've got some. And like, yeah, look, as as a podcast host and, and Churro, I know that you, you go through it as well looking for news. Like, 
there are occasionally times where there there because there's like a lull in the news there's usually things that don't get covered all that much that suddenly become news topics we've kind of entered into that phase where we've entered into thing that uh things that probably wouldn't have made it to the news segment are making it to the news segment but i think we got a good set today there's some good conversations to be had with these ones so uh anyway in the way of announcements, as always, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKishUnion. Our Patreon executive producers are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J, Guide Seeker, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who's at Akira Namejin, Chris Morales, Keith Field, who's at The Mighty Keith, Michael Graham, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, David Cow... Uh, 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 Miles Ribbons, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre 1083, David Calro, Tori Patrick, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope 181, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have Yannick Nod, who's, who is at y- Yannick Nod, Lewis James, Nick Morland, Zach Duranto, Freya Stella, Rachel Casterston, at Obo Yunray, Hunter Morgan, Muhammad Quayam, Zodokon at Apes Type Novels, Dan Matthews at Doomster73. And as always, if you guys want your questions answered on the show, please send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, moving on to the news segment. Okay, I got I to so, see what this new segment's all about. I know. Uh, I've been hyping it up, but we do have stuff. Uh, some of it's, I'll, I'll just say, some of it's good news. Some of it's interesting news. Some of it is follow-up news, mm-hmm. and then some of it's really sad. Aww. Okay, so, but first, let's go with the good news. So, uh, well, m- mostly follow-up news, but, so yeah, the Kingdom Hearts VR update did come out, and wow, it actually had a lot to it. Like, Churro, you played it. Uh, my understanding is this, the content of this is actually a lot more than even the original release. Oh, yeah. I mean, the original release, you only had two things, you know, the gummy ship and this. Yeah, Man. this actually had quite a lot in it. I was actually getting kind of worried that Sony might have forgotten about it. Because yeah. like, we got it, I think, in May. And here we are, like, at the at the end of, like, July, you know, and it's like, yeah. uh, did you guys forget about Does the kind of come out? Yeah. And then, all nope, st- they didn't. and then all of a sudden, randomly, bam, uh, here, enjoy yeah. an update on this day. It's so random, but I'm glad they did it. It's, uh, yeah, so uh, basically the update contains uh, several scenes, you know, as, as prior Kingdom Hearts, uh, as the prior uh, VR uh, uh, version had. And, uh, yeah, this one starts off with Twilight Town, then you go to Castle Oblivion, then Olympus Coliseum, and finally the World That Never Was. Uh, the Olympus Coliseum was one of the uh, worlds that they really were hyping up because this is the only world where you're actually allowed to uh, use the Keyblade and actually can uh, fight Heartless. So I guess let's go in order. Churro, can you tell me about what happens in the VR update? And let's start with uh, what happens in Twilight Town. It's, you're basically in the perspective of Roxas. And um, mm-hmm. it's the cutscene where... Um, Shion, Axel, and Roxas are talking about, like, you know, being together 
You know, like they're, they're talking about yeah. the sunset and how they want to be together forever. And then you can actually, when Shion mentions that, you can actually turn and see like Axel's like expression change. Kind of like, you know, how we all yeah. knew Axel knows more about, you know, Shion than he let up. So it's like, it's yeah, basically exactly. just that conversation. And what I like about it is that it starts off with like you, like um, Axel explaining to Roxas and Shion about the ice cream and how there's a, you know, a winter stick. If you know, they, yeah. he tells them, you know, eat it all the way down because you might find you know, a winter stick. And then he's all like, I've never found one. You know, and then, mm-hmm. like, I don't, from, unfortunately, I don't have the, the pro motion controller. So yeah. apparently, I heard if you have the pro motion, you can actually eat the, uh, the salsa, the sea salt the ice cream. cream. <laughs> that's cool. So, I mean, I'm, I may try to buy one down the line to see if that's true, but, like, I haven't seen it, but I've heard about it. So I, I I believe it. That's cool. And then yeah, that sounds doable. And then after that cutscene, it kind of like fades to black, and then it comes back, and then you'll see like in the middle of the sky, you'll see like video playing that uh, all the things that occurs during uh three five eight over two days, and then yeah. you just hear um uh the I think it's the other promise play in yeah. the background, and then you just just watching you just. The entire sky from like left to right, just like just everything's going all at once, and and then at some point you'll see like keyblades raining down on you, and you you'll see like silhouettes of like like Syax and Axel and uh, Shion, and it it just really it's just really cool uh, all the presentation wise. It's like presentation wise, I you know this is like ten out of ten. Yeah, it seems awesome. And actually, like, this is kind of like a bigger question, but I think it's really interesting. So you're experiencing all these cutscenes in first person. Hypothetically speaking, you know, how do you feel like, you know, if this was, you know, so to speak, kind of like we were hinting at in the last episode, if this was kind of like a proof of concept for uh, a proper Kingdom Hearts VR game. How do you feel about this presentation and how this is working so far? At least for at least for the from the story perspective, you know, how would you feel if they, you know, cuz so far we're just seeing old scenes from this perspective. What if we what if we got a new title with new storylines that was told in this way? How would you feel about that? Uh, I would actually I would say it's definitely worth it. I mean, they're definitely on the right track when it comes to Yeah you know this you know it's you know it's like you said music is no-brainer because the music is fantastic you know yeah it's just that being able to be you know right there in you know front and center of these cutscenes, you know um and and how detailed you know the worlds are you know for a vr game you know i think i think you know, they're they're pretty much like if they're planning on something to use the VR for in the future, they're pretty much on the right track. And mm, I, and that's I, interesting. And I wouldn't mind, like I don't want to say like a full fledged like Kingdom Hearts game, but maybe something as like a smaller title that can yeah. you know that offers like, maybe kind of like like a side like game. Back cover was yeah. like back cover. It's not a full game, but you know, it's you know just cutscenes. But what if you know back cover had. You know what? What if Backover was all done in VR? Like that would have been pretty. That'd cool. Been cool. I mean, I think I that would have worked. Though honestly, I wouldn't mind watching like, like a you know like an hour worth of movie. You know that continue yeah. that continues the, 
Kingdom Hearts three plot, you know? Yeah. Like, can you imagine just like can you neat. imagine like them doing like the epilogue for Kingdom Hearts three where it's like Lucio's in the middle of all the other foretellers, you know? The you see the yeah. perspective from Lucio. That'd be so cool. You know, and you just you just look around, you just see all the foretellers surrounding you as the cutscene plays out, and yeah. then, you know, then maybe in, the, in off in the very distance, you'll see like a little speck of like Maleficent and Pete. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Oh, though, if you do play as Lushu, they have to simulate it properly and cover up one of your eyes with black. You know, you have to look at the, through the VR goggles, which is like why. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. So yeah, that that's uh man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I definitely want to give it a try at some point. It seems really interesting. I I, I, I think just, just wish I, that the VR headset would be a lot see... cheaper though. Right? I, I bought, yeah. I bought mine that's when it was on sale. At the time, it was like it was like I bought mine when I was attending PSX in 2017, yeah. I believe. And like, and yeah. they had a sale on it, and I just I, it came with it bundled with Doom VR, and like. Okay, but like, unfortunately, like I never really. The only other game I played with is like demos and like. And yeah. I, the only two games I played VR is Mouse and Resident Evil Seven, and those both games okay. are fantastic though. But I just wish, yeah, yeah, those seem awesome. I just wish you know VR had you know more support for VR. Yeah, for sure. It seems yeah, it seems really good, and it's nice to hear that Kingdom Hearts is utilizing it well. Yeah, I guess like so far the uh, I guess let's move on to the next part. So Castle Oblivion, um, what was that like? It's actually at the like one of the best cutscenes in the game. Like the it's yeah. at the very end where you have uh, Sardon and Goofy reach where Marluxia and Namade is, and it plays in the cutscene where yeah. Marluxia tells Namade to fully erase Sora's memories. You know, yes. and then then Sora goes on a, a huge spiel about you know go ahead and do it. You know, as long as I got the memories of others, you know, to push me through and and all yeah. that. And then once that cutscene ends, it plays the uh, Lord of the Castle, and then th- all four walls, you know, front, back, left, and right, all start playing you know, again videos from Chain of Memories. You know, and then um, at one point. Um, what I like that was very cool. Like uh, a card just like comes right at you, then it just splits up mm-hmm. and it just circles around you and then just like disappears. So it's oh, like shit. so it's actually like I said, they're it's very clever in how that's why I like the presentation so much because it's very clever in how they do. It. It's not just your typical videos and background music, but yeah. they do try to you know do you know bring more to the table by having you actually turn your head, look around what's all around you instead of kind of staying focused in one spot so they say they, they cleverly make you look around that's that's really cool now uh move, moving on to the olympus coliseum so it seems like that one uh didn't have much story but was focused on gameplay uh so i guess you're gonna come at it from a slightly uh unique perspective because you're you're not using the uh, motion controllers but regardless, how did you feel about the battling in Olympus Coliseum based on how you experienced it? It's just simple. I mean, you just tap X and Star Wars Strike Raid, and then, you know, you wait. And this is all from first person, correct? First person, yeah. And okay. um, basically, you're in, you just wait a couple seconds, and you can Strike Raid again. Like, as, you know, the Olympus theme is playing, 
you know, Heartless yeah. will jump at you in front and right down in front of you. you strike raid you in some Heartless or Shadows, I should say. When you strike yeah. one of them, it'll knock them back against the wall, and they'll explode into like a giant like firework. Hmm. And then, okay, then near the end of the of the the world, I should say, like a big fat body just drops in front of you, and you hit it like four times to send it at the wall, and then it explodes again into a giant like display, and then from there the the world ends. So it's like they're hmm. so basically like VR is more like. Like you stated, I think in the last episode, it's like a one giant VR yeah. tech demo to yeah, showcase. Yeah. So, you know, it's the power. So far, of VR, it feels that way. As well as what what they can potentially do with VR, because you know the Kingdom Hearts series is no stranger to um, being on different platforms, different consoles. Because yeah. almost you know it's been on everything: PC browsers, mobile phones, even you know Docomo phones. Back in the day, it was on Vcast. Yep. You know, it was. You know, DS, 3DS, you know, Kingdom Hearts series is known to be, you know, on everything. So it's like... Very versatile. Yeah, so for them to try VR, you know, it, it, it only made sense. You know, it's kind of like... Yeah, of course. One of those things where it's like, when is it going? You know, when is... You know, that, the only question was... Yeah, it's was, more of a when rather than an if. Yeah, so, and here we are with, you know, it's here. You know? Yeah, and, exactly. And so I that's just, cool. And I just wish I had the, the motion controller because, like, when you have the motion controller... From what I've seen, from what you've seen in like the in the preview tweet, yeah. that the keyblade you floats. Swing the keyblade. You swing it. Yeah. So uh, I, I definitely yeah. gotta get myself a motion controller and redo it so I can see how it goes. Yeah. Now I haven't played the the game that I'm gonna talk about, but I've heard of this one game. I think it's called Astrobot or something like that. It's like a playstation uh vr game that uh, everyone says it's like one of the best vr games they've ever seen in their entire life and one of the interesting elements to it because it's very gameplay focused is that it's all done in third person and it's uh i I think the camera angle that you have is kind of like of a like a god's eye view so to speak a bird's eye view down on a field and you're controlling a you know character in that area i wonder if maybe that would be a more uh viable format for a a kingdom hearts vr game in terms of gameplay maybe maybe the cutscenes can still be first person but i was thinking like maybe for gameplay that could still be third person because i've heard really good things about you know third person vr experiences but um you know as interesting and you know unique as having the keyblade in your hand and swinging it with the motion controller is to me personally as an outsider kind of feels a little bit too gimmicky like in concept for it to be able to hold up a full kingdom hearts experience i think like you know if you need if you want to really do a kingdom hearts experience right it's got to be actiony you know, and it's got to have that, you know, feeling that you get from playing a Kingdom Hearts game. And I just can't see that happening in first person VR. It's too slow or it would make you sick. Well, that's one right. Or the other. That's why right. it's only like called the VR experience. Cause like an experience. Is yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty much saying it's pretty much calling it a tech demo without calling it a tech yeah. demo. But yeah, it definitely seems like at least for like, like if you were to divide the, a typical Kingdom Hearts experience and you know, that you get from a game, 
into two halves. You know, you got your gameplay and you got your cutscene. It seems like they're definitely they've definitely figured out the cutscene part, and that's really exciting because that's 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 an extremely important part of the Kingdom Hearts experience, and it wouldn't be Kingdom Hearts without it. So I hope that you know by them doing this, like they, they've just like in my opinion, they've figured out fifty percent of the formula for how a VR Kingdom Hearts game would work. I think the the other half of it is they need to figure out how they would handle the um, you know the gameplay. But if they can figure out something nice for that, you know maybe we could have a more substantial thing for uh, a Kingdom Hearts VR game in the future. I mean, it's it's kind of like the like the first person games like Skyrim yeah. and you know all that. It's but except that you know you're not wearing a VR headset. You know, like it's just really up yeah. to. I mean, Square Enix is like known. Square Enix has done like you know first person games like Deus Ex, you know, and that works perfectly yeah. well. You know, to see, I mean, and then yeah, and then the in, in more recent, you know, Grand Theft Auto Five, you know, you have the option of playing third yeah. person or first person. You know, yep. so it's like you know, will we truly ever see a first person Kingdom Hearts game, like on its own with with or without VR support? You know what story I want to see done in first person? I want to see the basically i want to see the young zehanort origin story and i want to see it in first person specifically i want to sit at that chessboard i want to play vr chess against young ericus i want to have that whole experience and i want it to be in first person and i specifically think it would be interesting to have it be xehanort because he's an evil guy or at least he becomes evil and i think that would be an interesting perspective to force the player to be in a the the shoes of someone that they know will turn evil and you know kind of like you know in star wars the star wars prequels it was kind of all about like showing you a character that you, you know, maybe hate, you know, Darth Vader and seeing how he became who he was. And then the idea behind it was that you would, you know, sort of sympathize with him and understand why he turned evil the way he did. I don't think that's necessarily what happened in Star Wars case because no one really likes those uh, prequel films. But, you know, if done right, there is the potential that we could see you know, from Xehanort's perspective, literally through his eyes, see what he sees, see how he sees them, and see what turns him into the, you know, evil person that we know he becomes. Honestly, I think that might be an interesting perspective for that story. I was going off of that. I would love to see that. I mean, I mean, Nomar doesn't have to even make a full game or DLC yeah, for Yeah, it doesn't that. have to be a full game. You know, it could be just the Zaynard's experience, you know, to see exactly. you know, how he was when he was younger to growing up into how he ended up there and then like and then like this final cutscene, you know, of that movie or whatever they want to do with it can be like right before, you know, the events of, you know, Birth by Sleep happens, you know. So it goes right yeah. into there. So you, then, I would really love at some point young Zaynard looks you know, maybe he's washing his face, looks up into the mirror, and he sees his eyes have turned orange. And you can actually, like, like control it yourself with the headset and, like, look up and see your eyes in the mirror. That'd be so cool. And that's something, like, you could do that in a cutscene normally, but it just wouldn't have the same effect as if you were in control of Xehanort, like, almost like you're in his body. 
you know, with VR, like it, it would be a lot. I think it would be a lot more impactful if these things happen when you're controlling it. And not only that, like something that makes it different from the, this Kingdom Hearts VR experience is that so far all the VR experience stuff has been old content. You know, it's content we all know and love, which is great. But, you know, if, if he were to, if Nomura and the team were to, you know, tackle a story like Young Xehanort's, uh origin story in VR, if they were to do something like that, this would be new content. So there's potential for surprise to happen in the in that kind of an experience. And I think having surprise in VR is kind of a really interesting way to have it because, you know, we've never really had that with Kingdom Hearts yet. So exciting. Uh, so, yeah, I, I want to get to the last part of the Kingdom Hearts VR, VR update because it's got some really cool stuff in it. Uh, so it ends off with the world that never was. Uh, my understanding is the cutscene is the one where Xemnas is uh, telling the crew that they need more hearts now apparently you can they lift up all their keyblades at some point is that something you can do manually with the if you have the i'm controller? not aware of that but based on what i okay. played basically it's just you'll see sword do it automatically so okay you know, so you see it from his perspective yeah and then then, okay, then, cool. then he goes on to spiel about you know light and darkness and and nothingness you know that uh-huh. that classic cutscene. Yeah, in front of like the Kingdom Hearts that is in this belt. That's cool. So, and then at some point you go to the uh, the memory skyscraper. Is that correct? Yeah, like it's pretty much the same battlefield where Sora fights Zemnis one on one, and yeah, and then, yeah. And then the TVs on the skyscraper start playing like the cutscenes, and then and then you hear something you know that that caught me off guard. Cause, yeah, like it's Project Estadi's. Uh, cover of Darkness of the Unknown. And Which I just want to say, I'm so proud of them. Oh, I'm yeah. so happy. You know, like, this is something, like, I when I heard that opening, I was like, I was, I was live streaming my, um, my, you know, first reactions to this thing. And yeah. I was like, in my mind, I was like, I heard this somewhere, but I can't picture this. So yeah. I, I sent out a tweet then I went back and watched it for the people who just joined the stream again. So yeah. again, the cutscene plays. I'm like, sounds so familiar. And then one of my followers pointed out it was Project Estadi. So I was like, oh so I played Darkness of the Known off their, I think it was their Darkness album. And yeah. sure enough, I synced them together, like the song and the cutscene. And sure enough, it was the same track. Oh, man. I'm so I'm so happy for them and I'm like so excited and like the other thing that I find really interesting is that so my understanding and correct me if I'm wrong Churro but the my understanding of the format of the VR experience is that you're going to these different areas you'll have your experience in the area and then it'll play videos from the game that it's representing and then also a song like that's my understanding of the the format and up until this point all of those times that they've played a song it's just been the original versions you know like normal you know they would just play kingdom hearts music nothing weird there but then in this case specifically they decided to go with project 
Project Destati's version, you know, a fan arrangement album. You know, they're friends. They're our friends. They're friends of the show. And they got featured in the game. And they're, you know, so far the only ones that, you know, it's just so, I'm so proud of them. I'm so happy that, you know, them as, you know, fan creators got that kind of recognition. You know, I'm so happy that that happened. And I'm hoping that maybe in the future there'll be more collaboration with Project Destati and maybe other fans as well with incorporating, you know, this kind of content into the games. I don't know what else it could be, but, you know, there's there's a lot of really talented creators out there. And, you know, Project Destati is one of them. I hope, you know, there's more collaboration in the future, you know, going forward with this stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I was so surprised. I mean, it's. It, I, I mean, I'm hoping more. You know, you know, Square Enix does more of this in the future too. You know, yeah. Like, this is like a big door that's opened for any Absolutely. for anybody. Like, doesn't matter if they make music or art or yeah anything. There's definitely a lot of opportunity. I'll just say personally. Uh, you know, as someone who is a Kingdom Hearts fan artist, one one thing that dro- drove me a lot, uh, when making Kingdom Hearts three fan art was that, uh, I noticed this time with Kingdom Hearts three, unlike with Kingdom Hearts two, there was a lot less two D illustrations that Nomura put out for Kingdom Hearts three as as compared to like Kingdom Hearts one and Kingdom Hearts two. I felt like with those two games. We got constantly like different illustrations that he would do. You know, uh, you, you know, look back at uh, Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix, for example. You know, in Kingdom Hearts Two Final Mix, they had that mini game, right, where with the puzzles that you can make. You, you know, uh, you, you can assemble the different illustrations that Nomura made for all those different games. But with Kingdom Hearts Three, it just felt like there was not really enough 2d illustrations that they could even do that so that was something that i I actually was thinking about when i was making uh my fan art for kingdom hearts 3 so maybe in the future that could be something like for 2d fan art that they could do maybe they could bring back the puzzle mini game and they can select some you know kingdom hearts fan art that's you know really prominent out there and instead of uh you know no more illustrations it can be fan illustrations that we assemble uh when we find the puzzle pieces like that could be pretty that could be an interesting way of incorporating something like that and that shouldn't be too difficult at all really so just an idea but yeah so happy so excited friends of the show project distati you know shout out to them so happy for them now let's move on to some really sad news. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I regret to inform everyone that uh, the voice actor for Master Xehanort that played him in Kingdom Hearts 3, Rutger Hauer, has unfortunately passed away at the age of 75. Rutger Hauer, for those of you who don't know, he's a, uh, a German actor who's famous for roles such as uh, his role in uh, Blade Runner—that's where I know him from. Yeah, Blade, uh, he's Blade the Runner's main, like the, you know, the big role that he had. That's yeah, that's the one I know. He's the main android in that, and my favorite line from him is, you know, right before you know his final scene, he's talking about like, 
how transient the life of his of an android is and he compares it to tears in rain and it's like oh man that's so cool it's one of that's one of the, his best lines in the movie so i would say if you if you haven't seen blade runner by the way definitely go watch it i know for a fact that Namora, when cho- when approving of Rucker Hauer for the role of Master Xehanort, I am positive it is because he was a big fan of him in Blade Runner. I mean, even Hideo Kojima is also a huge Blade Runner fan. So, yeah, really sad and really unfortunate that, you know, Xehanort, it's just, man, that role has not had a lot of good luck with uh, voice actors. You know, so far there have been four voice actors that have played his voice you know on the you know english side and the japanese side collectively there have been four and so far three out of the four have unfortunately passed away now I obviously mean, it's because of they're older actors the so older actors and the char- and Zaynord's an older character so. yeah so that's that's what happens unfortunately it's that's life yeah uh, but, but it's very um, sad you know it's you know yeah it's it, it, you know it's you know, and he wasn't even that old. Like he's—I mean, seventy-five is old, but it's not that old. Yeah. Um, so it is Leonard, kind of a shock. Leonard Nimoy was what in his eighties? He was really old. Let me look it up. I thought he, he may have even been in his nineties. I'll look it up. Let's see. Leonard Nimoy age. Let's see. He was. 83 yeah 83 years old so not that far off you know yeah not that far off no but man that's uh, yeah still regardless at any age really sad and yeah i I mean i'm i guess at this point well who knows you know there there may still be new voiced old masters anort roles that may come up in the future but at least for the moment, Master Xehanort's role in the Kingdom Hearts series is over, so, you know, their actors can rest in peace knowing that uh, they, they their job is done. So, yeah, real sad, but, um, yeah, what a great actor. Uh, you know, just highly recommend, if any of you haven't seen Blade Runner, please give that a watch. It's such an excellent and groundbreaking film. Uh, same uh, director as uh, Alien, by the way. Alien and... Well, yeah, Alien. <laughs> so yeah, moving on from there, uh, uh, moving back to more uh, happy news and relating to orchestras covering things, Kaleidoscope Orchestra released a cover of Face My Fears under the Sony Masterworks label. And I looked up Kaleidoscope orchestra because i wasn't personally familiar with their work and uh apparently they're a an orchestra that typically does covers of like edm and dubstep music and so that's really interesting because they're you know a group of musicians that cover edm and dubstep music and they come to this song which is a kingdom hearts and utada hikaru song uh, from its connection to Skrillex and Pooh Bear and those guys. So it's interesting to hear how they hear the piece and how they interpret it as being, uh, you know, having that more uh, EDM and dubstep kind of a background. Churro, did you uh, get to listen to the cover yet? Oh, yeah. I have it. I have it downloaded already. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you like it? I listened to it, too. It's actually really good. Like... It's, yeah, like there hasn't 
you know, the only official like Face My Fears or or Crestle version was from the concert. Yeah. We haven't had like or or yeah. you know, fan made ones, and we haven't. You know, the, this is like the closest to an official one we have until yeah. Square Enix releases an official one. So this one is like really fantastic. I, I yeah. love it. How how, do, how does that compare? Is it similar to the one that was at the concert? Do you think? Uh, yeah, it's it's in that range. I want to say like, I would say maybe about eighty percent. Yeah. Okay. So it's you know gen you know not exactly the same but kind of similar. And it kind of gave me those kinds of vibes as well. Like it kind of reminded me a little bit of Chikaya Orchestrated, how that worked out. So yeah, I I really liked it. I uh, listened to it on a uh, Apple Music the other day. So yeah, really good. Highly recommend to give it a give it a listen, guys. So uh, yeah, last bit of news: there is a collectible art print that's going to be at D twenty three this year, which features several Disney characters, including Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Ooh. Now he's very tiny, <laughs> and you can barely make him out, but it is Sora. He is there. Churro. It is. It ain't much, Churro, but man. I know for you, you know, you've been working really hard with the the Key Bears Alliance, and one of your major tenants was to get more representation for, uh, you know, Kingdom Hearts from Disney. How does this make you feel having Sora, you know, recognized in this way? It makes me happy. I mean, it's it's been a very uphill battle, right? And but you know, with Disney slowly accepting, you know. Kingdom Hearts into their lineup, you know, from yeah. going back as far back as, you know, um, allowing Square Enix to demo um, Kingdom Hearts 1.5 at D23 2013, yep. which I attended, then being yep. a part, of, you know, adding them in last second to D23, uh, D23 2015's uh, Disney Reactive panel, and then giving them yep. a, a bigger spotlight, you know, at, at the 2017 D23 with, you know, their own panel. So it's yep. like, you know, it's slowly, we're slowly getting there, you know, and, yeah. you know, I couldn't be more happy. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited. Yeah, it's, it, it really is. Like when you go look at it, it's really not much, but it's something. It's something more than nothing. And that to me is good because I just want to see some progress and I want more recognition for Kingdom Hearts. You know, it is you know, ultimately a, you know, a Disney collaboration. So I want to see more collaboration from Disney. And I think, uh, you know, going based off of, uh, you know, even some news we had last time, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 was an extremely successful game. It sold a lot of stuff. It was the second highest selling game of 2019 so far. So I'm just glad to see that, you know, it's being it's not just just as successful it is more successful now than it's ever been and on top of that like disney is you know seemingly opening the doors a little bit more and i think you know the fact that it's been so successful i think that can only help it in the future so can't wait to see what else comes out of that and also what i liked about like that the premiere kingdom hearts 3 premiere uh premiere event last year we had like big like named um, Disney like representatives there. You know, we had somebody yeah. from Disney Japan, from Disney USA. Yep. You know, they were there. You know, 
attending this event, you know, with, with the big press, the influencers, and then the VIP, the VIPs, which is the voice actors and people who mm-hmm. worked on the game. And, you know, just to see Disney executives there, you know, is yeah. such such a remarkable thing to see, you know, that, you know, finally bridging that gap together between, you know, these yeah. two companies. I will say, though, I was a little scared uh, a few years ago. Uh, actually, uh, something that happened after uh, the 2015 event was the shutting. Or, well, it was it was a while after, but the shutting down of not just Disney Infinity, but also just Disney Interactive. Not They're not shut down. They, they, Disney Interactive is still an entity. It still exists. But they have shut down all efforts of game development at Disney. Disney does not do game development anymore. They just do licensing. So it was a little bit scary that, you know, maybe this w- would have been a trend that they, they're going to move away from game development. They're not just going to, they're just going to ignore it and not be such a big thing anymore for them. But it seems like at least for kingdom hearts, case, that does not seem to be the case. If anything, they're doubling down on kingdom hearts more than they they've ever have in the past. So I'm hoping, yeah, more, we want more from Disney. It's such a great collaboration. I want to see more from it. So, anyway, I guess uh, moving on from there, let's go to our question segment. Our first two questions comes from jo- Joseph Robertson, one of our uh, Patreon supporters, actually, and he asks first, uh, if Donald and Goofy were not Sora's companions, which two other Disney characters? Which you want to accompany him. So I guess, you know, he wants, he's not, he doesn't want to hear Kyrie and Riku. He wants to know what Disney characters we'd want to accompany Sora. Sure, what do you think? Oh, man. Um, I've got, I, got, I have, I have two interesting picks. Okay. Um, I would love to see, uh, I, I know I wasn't ready for this. All right, I'll go first. Go first. I want to get in. I time to think. I'm gonna go with, and I think like even if you kept the the story kind of similar, I think it would be pretty interesting. I'd go with uh, Mickey and Pluto. Ooh. So Mickey the dog, and then Sora. I think that would be interesting. Basically, it'd be the longest. You know, it'd be the longest uh, walk. You know, because it's like, you know, they're going out to walk the dog. That's basically, (laughs) it's this long walking the dog journey. The longest walking the dog journey there's ever been. You know, with saying that, I would love to see, um, I I, I just just like the fact they're very small, but I'd love to see Chippendale. Uh, Chippendale would be a cute a cute pick. They could could be, because you know how some Final Fantasies have, like, they always have that one character that, that can, like, craft. Like, yep, yep. Can you imagine bringing them? They'd be along? great at that. You know, they would craft. You know, be able to craft swords, weapons, or armor. That'd be so cool. Yeah, um, I guess another interesting pick would be uh, Minnie Mouse and Daisy. I mean, we have Donald and Goofy. What about Minnie Mouse and Daisy? They'd be a cool duo. I mean, Minnie Mouse has a lot of uh, holy magic. She has uh, light magic, so. I guess she would fit in for Donald. Maybe Daisy could fit in for Goofy. Maybe she's, I mean, she be, beats up on Donald. Maybe she could be a brawler. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. That would be hilarious. Oh, what about, what about, what about Yen Sid coming out of retirement? Yen Sid would be cool. 
Yen Sid, I mean, it'd kind of be a little OP, but Yen Sid and uh, Merlin, <laughs> they look exactly the same. Yen Sid, Merlin, I mean, Scrooge, he, he's a he's another possibility. I don't know what his techniques would be other than uh, money. Throw money at everybody. Throw money at everybody. Maybe he's got like a, a, a mecha he bought f- with his money. <laughs> that he can just I ride around in a mecha. What about, what about what about Huey, Dewey, and Louie? Yeah, they would be they would be cool. I I, I guess they would be mostly like team attacks. They kind you know what that kind of reminds me of. This is kind of like a Final Fantasy reference, but uh, the uh, the summon the the Maga sisters. What if uh, what if you know it worked like the Maga sisters, where they were kind of like a summon. And maybe they have like HP and they can only fight for a certain time. But as long as all three of them are together, they're insanely powerful. But as they start dwindling down, they get weaker and weaker and until you get, you know, just one brother left and he's like really weak all by himself. I think that'd be kind of an interesting, almost Final Fantasy kind of a twist. Oh, so yeah, yeah a lot I, of really, that, be, a lot of really good characters. I mean, another option is, you know, instead of Sora having two companions that stick with him all the time, maybe Sora just goes to Disney Worlds and he'll usually meet the two companions there. You know, kind of like Buzz and Woody in a, a toy box. You know, maybe maybe it could be a ever-rotating uh, group of uh, two characters per world. It's another option. Uh, so yeah, moving on to uh, Joseph Robertson's second question. Additionally, do you think we will get something sneakily, uh, something new, sneakily added into Kingdom Hearts VR? Maybe Master of Masters appearing in a scene or two, but hard to spot. It's pretty interesting since we were kind of talking about that before. But what do you think, Chiro? New new content, Master of Masters. I I think it'll be something reserved to like the very end, like if they ever decide yeah, for to sure. start. Because we don't, we have no idea how long they're gonna do this for, and apparently, like each cutscene is like deals with different like Kingdom Hearts games, so it's like yeah, we just don't know how, how long exactly this is gonna go on for. I guess if we think about it right now, where we're at, we've gotten through Kingdom Hearts two, right? Yeah, in terms of these cutscenes, so that's like a nice chunk of the games already covered. Uh, Churro, was there anything? Like, I know at the end of the first VR experience, they said that, you know, the next thing would be Twilight Town. Uh, did you see anything at the end of this one? Any hints to anything? No, not, not this time. Okay. Like, not this time, cause, okay. Yeah, because everything, everything after it's done, it just goes right back to, like, the World Select. Okay, okay. So the, I guess they're not ready to, to hint or to promise anything yet. But uh, I guess you know there, there's still that possibility that we might get more later. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm just gonna get very interested to see if you know when they finally put like Kingdom Hearts three stuff in. Right, that would be neat. I I just wonder how that's gonna run because so far all the content has been like pretty low end. But didn't you say there was that one scene that was that two point eight two point nine cutscene? They had that running. Yeah, they had that running. I mean, it's a simple scene, but that's Kingdom Hearts three assets right there. Yeah, it, it, maybe it, they it, can do it. Yep, and because I mean, when you look at, I mean, Donald and Goofy are 
you know, in their, you know, Unreal Engine 4 looks, too. Yeah. So. That would be interesting to see. I, I mean, I'm sure there are certain cutscenes that would be just kind of impossible. Like, uh, you know, maybe some of those, like, ones that have the thousands of Heartless in them, but I'm sure other ones they could do that, that are more simple, so... Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. So yeah, pop, pop, could we get scenes like that? I would say absolutely. You know, uh, I would say another possibility is that it could be kind of like the uh, lead up into Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind. You know, that could be something that they add in there. I so, don't, I don't yeah, know. I can't I'm, wait to see. I'm still all for your idea. The Master oh, the, yeah. the Xehanort experience. Master Xehanort, right? The Xehanort experience. I want to, yes. Let us do the chess. That's one. And then let's see little by little his little uh, story there. I mean, at the very least, at the very least, I want that, you know, maybe for Kingdom Hearts 3, maybe the first scene of that is going to be the same as like in Kingdom Hearts uh, 3 where it's the chess scene. Maybe you can get that all in from the perspective of, I guess, like young Master Xehanort or young Ericus. Maybe you can experience that scene that way. I would really love that because then we could look around in that that room and look around to see what else is in there because so far I I mean really the only people that have seen it is you Churro and all the people that were at the premiere event you got to look at the room a little bit better but that was the older version of the room maybe it's changed we don't know yeah so I'd like to see more of that room for sure uh so yeah i guess that uh wraps up that question this last question churro if you could take that one this question is by amy burns and she writes kingdom wars 3's ending was very divisive for some people and very unsatisfying if you could adjust the ending what would you do to make it more satisfying let's just also say for argument's sake you can't save sora because that would be too easy Okay, so if I had to change the ending to make it more satisfying, but I couldn't save Sora, I guess my main thing would be I would want to show as much as I possibly could of what leads to Sora losing his his life, so to speak, or, or, or having to sacrifice himself, what he had to go through, because I think part of the problem is that when you watch that ending, none of that ending sets you up for what happens. Nothing. You get nothing, no feedback, no nothing. It's just happy go lucky. Yay. 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 We're celebrating beach party. What's up? Yeah. Make a sand a sand sculpture that's like a sand a sand snowman kind of a thing weird i don't know sand doesn't do that but anyway they're having fun they're having a beach party none of that leads up to anything like what happened at the end of that cutscene i would like at least a little bit more to lead up into that maybe sora goes to the realm of darkness or goes to final world and faces something maybe takes out the crystal dark side again i don't know you know something lead it up into him having to choose to sacrifice himself and then maybe you know he has to make a decision all right you're gonna get one last experience with your friends and maybe sora gets to hang out with all his little uh 
his buddies on Destiny Islands one last time, and then, you know, the final one he hangs out with is Kyrie, and that's when he does his disappearance act. You know, something. The yeah. problem and, and the thing that I feel is the most unsatisfying aspect of it, more even more so than what happens, is that we get nothing. They just instantly decide, all right, he disappears. And none of none of what happened prior to that leads into that at all. So I just would want to see something more to play in and sort of like earn. That's the thing. I want them to earn that ending. And I don't feel like they earned that ending. I'm not saying it's necessarily bad. And I'm actually fine with it now. I was bitter with it at the time. But I think it would have been nice if they earned the ending a little bit better. That's all, that's just that's just me. That, that's just my opinion. I just sure. What about you? What would you change about it to make it more satisfying? I just wish they would have like talked, tried at least to talk more since to Sora rather than, than the whole spiel. Oh, Sora only follows his heart, so let him. Let's just let him do it. You know, it's like if they yeah. were really concerned for him. You know, especially with how you know young Zaynor. He left a little too easy. Yeah, you know, you know how young Zaynor told Sora as he was chasing the hearts. That you know, it, this is this is not a power you should be abusing. And then Mickey was Mickey said it to Sora too, right before he yeah. left. That you know, this is something you should be abusing like that. And it's like it was just that's it. He said it once, and then but Sora's like, I'm still. And Riku's just like, let him go. And I'm like, okay, you're not gonna like take a time out. You know, like we just defeated Zayn You know, we're you're probably exhausted. You literally just got through telling me how dangerous this is. You know, can we at least go back to the drawing board and see what other options are? You know, because basically, exactly. um, Sora already caused a paradox by rescuing everybody. So, yeah. like, you know, can you go? You know, go back to Yen said and you know at least have a cutscene that explained what Sora did. You know, at the Keyblade Graveyard and how he shouldn't be doing this, and that there's got to be another way. You know, yeah. Instead of why, just... why? Why is it if this is so dangerous? Why didn't Yensid mention this once? Exactly. And it's not like Yensid wouldn't have known. He would have known because I mean, Mickey knows, and Mickey's his apprentice. And based, and not only that, this is the power that he wanted Sora to awaken the entire game. I know. It's like maybe Yensid is the secret villain of the whole series. He just wants to kill Sora. So I'm just like. You know, they should have done a better... I mean, that should have been, like, you know, a setup for, like, Kingdom Hearts 3.5 that Nomura mentioned, you know, a way yeah. to save Kyrie. you know, again, you know, without sacrificing Sora. Because, like, basically, the way he set it up is made it seem like it was so easy to do it, but now, you know, Sora's gone. You know, they had to have... Yeah. They had a, you know, it's, a, it's like a double-edged thing. It's like they had to have one happy ending, but replace it with the sadder ending. Yeah, I mean, I get having a more balanced ending where not everybody turns out happy. I get that, and I don't mind. I don't even necessarily mind them, you know, quote unquote, killing off Sora. I don't mind that. What I mind is that they didn't like it. Didn't feel justified at the time, and like it was just so ridiculous how happy-go-lucky everybody was for them to instantly just be like, "All right, and Sora's gone." By the way, roll credits. <laughs> That that to me was the part of it that that got to me. I would have wanted a little bit more lead up into that to sort of like earn that experience that they were trying to go for. 
But, uh, oh, well. So, yeah, I think that's a good uh, answer for those questions. Our music for this episode is a cover of Face My Fears. It is uh, Face My Fears soft piano version by Kareem Kamar on YouTube. Give him a uh, a watch there. He's got a few other uh, Kingdom Hearts covers as well. And our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Unit is scheduled for the 20th of August. This will be our 10th anniversary episode, so definitely don't miss it. As always, if you guys like the show, please subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yeah. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember to support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you have any questions, please send them to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. And if also, I just want to say, if you have any suggestions for or requests for something you would want to hear or see on the uh, 10th anniversary podcast, please let us know. All right, Churro, it is that time. It is goodbye time. Wow, we actually talked a lot. Right? I told you. I'm surprised. We had news. <laughs> hey, 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 you know, I'm not going to doubt you ever again. Exactly. You know, we, 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 do, we do our best. Yeah, I mean, only someone like you can turn a little bit of something into a lot of things. Exactly. So let's let's keep doing it. we got another 10 years with Churro. What? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I joined this in, what was it, episode 20. 20. You know, and we're and at episode 176. <laughs> Yeah, oh and, and I joined out because we were collaborating with. Uh, I was working with KH Ultimania at the time, and they wanted somebody yeah. to collaborate with. So, yep, hard to imagine ten years. I know it's it's been a long time, but it's been a wild ride. I can't wait to celebrate that on the next episode, and uh, hopefully, yeah, we get some good uh, uh, suggestions for things people want to hear on the show. All right, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the 10th anniversary episode. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. <laughs> <laughs>